Coming up on today's show, Ryan and Travis talk about WrestleMania weekend. NXT ratings get a bump. Another championship match scheduled for next week's Dynamite. Ivelisse says she's been released. Fight TV has been acquired. Steve Austin goes on Talk is Jericho. Travis attempts Backlash 2002 trivia and more on this episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're back, baby! We are back. This is the Daily Wrestling News for April 15th, 2021. We are powered by the Eastern Observer. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time studio on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. And I am joined today by the salesman of fun, Travis Severance. Travis, Al really wants you to get you a new nickname. Any uh, any thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. Maybe we can do like a poll. He doesn't like salesman of fun. That's okay. I think he wants it to be more wrestling related. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, we could we could definitely work on that. I could think about that for sure. Um, toss some ideas around. I'll have to think about that. I, I you know, I've thought about kicked around what my in ring name has been a couple of times, but I've never never thought about my wrestling nickname. So, um, yeah, well, I, I'm open. I'm open to suggestions. Well, we have a lot to talk about because the first thing in our cold open is talk about WrestleMania weekend. You and I were there and. It was kind of a long weekend that started on a Wednesday and ended on a Monday morning, like early in the morning. So we have a lot to uh, kind of digest from mm-hmm. that experience. And uh, and then we still have all the regular news and stuff that came out of Dynamite and stuff last night. So let's dive in. We're here a half hour early. Um, so, Travis, we went to Dynamite last Wednesday. It was your first Dynamite of the pandemic era. It kicked off our whole WrestleMania set of events uh what did you think of how dynamite was set up so i thought the setup was great i thought our seats were great we had a really good view from where we were sitting there was plenty of space i thought that you know the social distancing was definitely there masks were up um it was really really nice to be back live in dynamite after we had gone to kind of so many of them before everything got shut down um so it was, a, it was a great experience overall. Um, I, I enjoyed the show as well, and I brought a, a bunch of signs with me and got some of the signs on the air, and uh, that's that's the best I can hope for. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a takeaway for me, that if you go to Dynamite during this era where there's just not as many people in the, in the crowd, your, stand, your signs, they stand out a lot more. And even the yeah, camera I mean, came over to you ahead of time and said, you might want to point them toward the ring, but point them kind of toward the, toward me. So yeah, he was, I mean, he's looking for people to shoot. So if you do go to dynamite and you bring something along with you and you're anywhere as near a cameraman, they're going to try to get you on because they want to try to make the crowd look bigger. Um, I could tell, and we had kind of talked about it on the drive. Like they've been running that show every other week in Daly's place. And the market is only so big. You know, I yeah. think now with that traveling's opening up a little bit more, I think you're going to see a, a maybe a little bit of a bump in the crowd and stuff like that, just because you're going to have people coming into Florida from out of state and stuff during their, you know, doing their summer vacations and stuff. So you'll have some fresh blood that'll move in there. Um, but I thought the crowd was lively and, and, and the show was really good. Yeah. Yeah. No complaints there. And then um, so then after Dynamite, we get in the car and we take the three and a half hour trip to Tampa where like we spent the rest of the weekend. And, yeah. uh, 
you know, we were in the WrestleCon hotel, so we had plenty of uh, interaction, not really interactions, a little bit here and there, but we ran into people. Um, but we, we spent the majority of our non-WrestleMania weekend at the Game Changer Wrestling Collective Remix, um, and I'm calling it Sunburn Edition. Wow, really? I know that if the beautiful Treasure Coast, and then we moved over, and yeah, we got scorched. So, you know, I don't think any of us were prepared. I, I, I know we weren't prepared for the venue being outside in a parking lot. Now, when we got there, it sort of made some sense. Yep. Um, there was a lot of space. They had a lot of space to do setup and production and stuff, And but I was not expecting being outside in very hot um, Florida heat with my pasty white I haven't seen the sun since, you know, last August skin. Yeah, that was crazy. If I, I went back and looked at the text I sent you, the, the text I sent Travis on like Monday of last week was our complete, that was the entirety of our weather planning for the weekend. And it was something along the lines of this is the temperature in Jacksonville and it might rain on Saturday and Sunday. Never did we think for a second that we were going to be outside all weekend watching the collective. Um, right. Otherwise, we would have had, you know, a straw hat or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it, the whole thing was super interesting. So we, you know, I kind of gave the ball completely to Ryan and said, you look, you know, the area, you know, the different people that are down there, pick something out. And, and you know, he kind of jumped on the collective, which was this massive package of a ton of different themed shows with a bunch of indie talent stretched over the course of three or four days. Um and as things kind of got close to WrestleMania, more and more and more of those types of shows were announced. Maybe not. I don't think anybody really was running as large of a package as what we got. And for the the value that we got for as much wrestling as you could watch, it's it was hard to beat. Mm-hmm. And the names on the shows and what we got to see was, was interesting and different. Um, there were some other shows around the area that would have been nice to catch if we had different timing or stuff like that. Um, but, you know, the the... The thing is, if you're going to go to one of the big four, if you're going to SummerSlam or WrestleMania or Royal Rumble or Survivor Series, if you have time to go in ahead of time, take a look around. There's indie shows galore. You know, you, yeah. if you go in for a couple of days and you want to do some sightseeing at wherever the city ends up being, which they tend to be fairly, you know, populated cities, you've got all this opportunity to catch a bunch of talent that's either on the come or you'll see some guys that you haven't seen in a little while. We ended up seeing Chavo Guerrero. We ran into him at the hotel actually. And you know, there's a whole bunch of people at our hotel, but it was a really nice presentation. Yeah, I, uh, I think so. And a couple of, uh, I know people, some people are itching to hear some stories from this weekend. So the, the, the one thing I think is like most story worthy for me was we were watching Chris Dickinson versus Joey Janela at the spring break show. And Chris Dickinson rolls out of the ring and he says, get me a chair. And like, no, but no, like nobody from the crew gave him a chair. So he just pulled one out of the front row. And then it was basically like, get me another chair. And he pulls another one out. And next thing you knew, every fan in that section picked up their chair and threw it in the ring. Poor Joey Janela is like dodging chairs as they're getting tossed into the ring. Um, it got kind of out of control, and finally the staff had to come over and be like, stop throwing your chairs. Yeah, it was throwback ECW stuff for sure. That used to be a hallmark of their hardcore matches. They'd, they'd call for chairs, and you know, there's a video that you can see where they're just tossing chairs in the ring. I think it's Tommy Dreamer against Bubba Ray. Um, it's just chairs piled up, and that we literally got to see that live. <laughs> it, was it was a little chaotic, and I was, you know, they could have – 
the, the interesting thing about that situation is you're like one or two seconds or somebody saying the wrong thing. And all those people are also going to be in the ring. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it was, it's, it's kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were close to like a, like a minor riot there in, in, you know, no kidding. So yeah, yeah. It was we were super, in the, super interesting. We were in the front row in a different section. Nobody in our group threw the chairs in, which is good because all those people that threw the chairs in, they've stood for the rest of the show. <laughs> Yeah, the staff came over, and after the match was done, instead of handing the chairs back to them, they they swept them all back under the ring and said, "Well, you're going to play stupid games, you're going to get stupid prizes," and and that's how that ended up going. And, and it was the thing a super is, FU too, because they pulled all the chairs out on that side of the ring that they were sitting on and put them under. The ring. Yeah, yeah, it was. And and after that match was going to be a hardcore death match, which there was going to be you know glass tubes and all the kinds of craziness that was going on. So the the chairs weren't going to be in great shape after that match either. So. Right. Yeah, it was a it was a rough night for them, but you know what? You got to penalize them in some way. I give them props for not kicking them out of the venue because that was a talent kind of calling them for that. And when I talked to the promoter after the the next day, she's like, "Yeah, that's kind of just GCW thing." So <laughs> <laughs> they kind of rolled with it, which was really cool. Um, you know, my big thing for for that show was um, getting to see the the Bloodsport um, by Josh Barnett. Uh, just a super interesting way to do a show. Um, if you're an MMA fan and you like wrestling, it's basically the best of both worlds. It's it's straight hardcore, you know, shoot fight style with no ropes in the ring. And um, you know, for me, I think the event of the show was the Moxley Barnett match. Both guys ended up really bloody at the end of the match, and Mox took a loss, which doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but he hasn't taken very many losses and in in a clean loss at that with a with a ref stoppage um on that show. Um so that was a hell of a match and just seeing that style was really nice and different than anything else that we had seen for the weekend for sure. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head with the crossover element, right? Is that if you're an MMA fan, this is going to appeal to you is this sort of a worked MMA fight. If you're a wrestling fan who who likes MMA, this probably also appeals. But if you're a wrestling fan that likes that doesn't really like MMA, it might also appeal to you in the sense that like, I'm not a huge MMA guy because uh, I know it's real. <laughs> I don't really look, like care for that aspect of it. But, but this is like, it's really stiff. It's, you know, hard hitting and, you know, hopefully nobody gets too hurt. So, <laughs> so, so I, I think I, the only people that probably wouldn't enjoy it is the, is the MMA purist. Yes. If you're an MMA purist and you want to see, technical jujitsu and you want to see you know real lockups and submissions and stuff like that about half of the people had an mma or a thai muay thai background or something like that and the other half are just wrestlers that wanted to wrestle in this more different style so some of the guys with their holds and stuff like that is going to be the stuff that you're used to seeing and the other ones are a little bit more sloppy as far as what you're going to see but in general like if you're not an mma purist that wants to hold them to it then the presentation is really different and really fun the other thing about that show is that everybody was a big name, pretty pretty much. Some of the undercard matches might not have known people, but Chris Dickinson, John Moxley, Josh Barnett, Leo Rush, Rocky Romero, uh, Chavo, Chavo Guerrero, um, and even you know, I knew the Savage Gentleman, and you knew the the woman from Masha Slamovich. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, so between the two of us, we knew most every most everybody on the card. Or yeah, I mean, D- Davey Boy Smith Jr. was on the card too. Like yep. he was doing all the Hall of Fame stuff for his dad this weekend and stuff. So he popped in. So like Josh has got pretty good pull. Like he, 
obviously people respect the, what he's putting on and he got those people together to do that. And, you know, it's something that I'm going to go back and catch up on the, you know, I want to see kind of, I'm, I'm positive that there's been some evolution to it from one through six. Um, I certainly went and bought the t-shirt as well. So, um, yeah, yeah really good. Yeah, as well. So, uh, so that's, that's that. And then the other thing we had watched early in the, in the hundred degree weather we were sitting in, we had watched Aramis versus Eras. And that match, we both kind of took note of those guys and were like, wow, those are that was an amazing lucha match. And then during the spring break show, we got to see them again alongside Gringo Loco, Black Tor Black Taurus, Laredo Kid, and Dragon Bane in a six-man match that just I mean, that that stole the night. If it was you know, there's a couple other high moments, but that match was incredible. Yeah, it, it it's like, you know, they it was almost like Laredo Kid had brought these three luchas in with him to kind of do the events cuz they were sprinkled throughout the other shows and stuff like that. If you haven't seen Era Strange work, if you haven't seen Aramis, if you haven't seen Dragon Bane, do yourself a favor, look them up on Instagram or fi try to catch them on a YouTube or something like that. Like these are guys that probably should be working in some of the major companies right now. Um just Man, the dancing and the 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 in-ring work was was absurd. Um, and you know, Gringo Loco and Black Truce did a great job as well. But yeah, what a six man! You know, the the thing about the one-on-one -on -one match with Aramis and Erez, they they did some spots, right? They did some high-flying stuff, but mostly what I took away was the speed. It was they were just so fast in their, in their transitions and things like that. And you know, countering in and out and stuff. So great stuff. You know. Yeah, it's super, super fast, super quick. And then the other thing too is, it's not uncommon at the end of a lucha match for you to throw some cash in the ring to show their appreciation. So every time they were in a match where it was all luchas, um, you know, the crowd piled in dollar bills, just tossed them into the ring. So they left with a you know a giant hat full of additional money to take back with them. And that's just kind of the crowd respecting and appreciating the art. You know, yeah. and it was it was awesome. Yeah, you don't as in the the American area, you don't really get to see too often where the fans are tipping. Right. So, you know. Absolutely. So kind of cool. Yep. So then WrestleMania, it was your first. <laughs> it was. It was a it was a wet and wild one. Um, <laughs> man, what a what a difference! So we go from you know roasting our skin off for a couple of days out in the out in the parking lot. Um, to coming in with weather warnings, essentially, and, you know... Uh, trying to time the walk from the car to the arena so that we didn't get, you know, wet. Just dumped on, here. you know. So, you know, the first night walking in, uh, I, I changed my T-shirt. I ended up buying a zip-up hoodie and, like, like had to change everything over because it was pretty wet in there and, you know, grabbed a $5 poncho and stuff and kind of made it through. But um, yeah, overall... It wasn't necessarily the collection of the um, the matches themselves or the two-day special or anything like that. I think the thing that got me the most about this show was in the beginning of the first night, Vince brought all the talent out, and we're standing in that crowd. And when you think about all the stuff that's gone on in the world and different things like that, and, and with the exception of the Super Bowl, we're there with 25,000 wrestling fans, which is the largest gathering in the country. And in a long, long time. And you see talent that's out there. They're so excited and they're so emotional about it that they're in tears to see the fans. And just to be able to sit 
in that kind of we're all here, we're all happy, we're all celebrating wrestling, we're we're excited to see this thing happen. Just felt like a big, big deal. Um, mm-hmm. I'm positive it didn't translate to the home audience because I saw the you know, and and maybe I'm a little biased and is with regard to how good I thought the show was overall. Um, and it certainly had a lot to do with being in those seats live for sure. Yeah. It was a spectacle though. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I think that I've been to many shows with better matches in recent memory. Um, but there's a certain feeling of being at WrestleMania and, you know, they, they do so much with the pyro and the elaborate entrances and, and everything. And they, they, they try hard to give you the, the, either the, the moment that's going to make you feel really, really good or the moment that's going to like get underneath your skin, you get, you, you know, and, and for some people it was the same moment, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're meant to be leaving with a feeling, um, and I think they delivered. I really do. After, you know, after after a year of not having any live audiences, I think they took this moment in time to really kind of celebrate uh, wrestling. So yeah, I mean, it, it it certainly wasn't without its flaws as far as like <clears throat> the environment, and you know, there were there were some disappointments on my side about that, the way that the WWE handled it, I guess, as opposed to what AEW decided to handle with regard to, you know, AEW, gosh, it felt like every other announcement after a match was Justin Roberts saying, listen, you got to put your mask on. You got to have your mask over your nose. There's ushers that were coming down to make sure that people, if they weren't eating or drinking, had their masks on. And it was a lot more safe environment for that. Inside WrestleMania, we went for eight hours of wrestling. There wasn't a single announcement during the entire process about masks or anything like that in the floor seat people in this giant scrum melee in and out both days, masks were like optional. I didn't see anybody get told they should put a mask on. I didn't see any pay attention paid to that at all. Um, so as far as safety goes and concern for COVID and that kind of thing, it certainly felt like the AEW family was, had that well under, you know, well under control, better than WWE. And I think if we speak to the way that it's gone through one locker room versus another, that's probably the way that the focus of the company has been just not, not as much of a concern as with regard to safety, which was too bad to see. I would say that that was probably the worst part of my WrestleMania experience. Yeah. And I think I mentioned that on, I think on this show with John DeConi earlier this week that, you know, it's, it's the other thing is there's 25,000 people at WrestleMania and there's like 800 at dynamite and there's a much higher staff to fan, you know, but in some cases I'm just making excuses. So, yeah, I mean, it just, just, there was plenty of time when they went off air, they were doing a vignette or something. They could have flashed something up on the many monitors or something like that, or actively reminded, but I mean, they were shooting fans in scenes after matches without masks. So it was like, there's almost a level of promotion at that point, not to have your mask on. Like, look at that guy got on camera. They didn't have a mask on and they didn't seem to care about it. So, um, yeah, I think that was the most challenging and maybe the most frustrating part of the, the experience for me. Yeah. That and getting sunburnt to crisp on at GCW, those two things. Yeah. Those, (laughs) those were, those were kind of rough. I mean, the weather, whatever, but yeah, as far as the matches go and stuff like that, I, I thought the, you know, if I was going to go back and I was going to look at the two matches that stood out the most to me, it'd certainly be Bianca Sasha and it would be Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Um, 
by by far. Those are the best quality matches that I saw. I thought they told the best story. Um, you know, as far as matches that I felt could have been better, Rhea and Oscar just didn't feel like they were on the same page or they didn't feel like they were comfortable with each other. Um, and I think I was I was disappointed with the Sammy and the um Sammy and Kevin Owens match just didn't did not have the same feel that some of their other previous matches had. Um feel good moment at the end though with the stunner to Logan Paul. Sure. Yep. Perfectly fine. And then I, I had I had no problem with Roman retaining in that match. It, it, obviously the crowd was loud about it and he's a top guy there and We'll just well, I had a finish. It caused me the championship in pro wrestling pick'em. So yeah, but if we go off of averages, you're way ahead. So <laughs> we got to talk to them about average points per event and see where you would have been at. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hit some of the uh, some of the news of the last day, 24 hours or so. So um, ratings are in for a couple of shows this week. I'm really interested this week in ratings. I've said that a few times, but Raw got two. 2,026,000 viewers. The first time they broke 2 million since January 4th. Um, that's coming off of WrestleMania. NXT coming off of Stand and Deliver. They got 806. That's up from 768 last week, but up 654, up from 654 the week before. So they did get a bump going unopposed. Uh, it's the highest they've been since Halloween Havoc. So it's, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. So so this week is interesting because I think you're going to see the rub from the pay per views, right? Like yes. I I know people that you know can't wait for the Raw after Mania. Now mm-hmm. I also know those people that like were not blown away by the Raw after Mania compared sure. to years in the past. And you know the Raw after Mania used to be the the really big deal. Um, I mean last year obviously, but them changing everything and stuff like that. I don't think anybody had the expectation that it was going to blow them away, but you know, two years ago and the different stuff that we've seen were, you know, all kinds of craziness. It wasn't there. There were some nice, you know, it was good to see the Raiders back and different things like that. But overall I thought it was just kind of just a fairly, just, just a decent raw. And then, you know, with NXT, I thought, I thought NXT actually had kind of more things going on coming off of stand and deliver and more stuff happening between, you know, Taya coming back and, and Roderick and the different changes. And like, you know, I, I thought Hunter took a hell of a, a, a good approach because he knew there were going to be some eyeballs. Now, 768 from stand and deliver to 802 or whatever it was. I mean, it's not still, huge. Now, what I'm curious, though, is to see the 32,000. I want to see next week. Yeah. Like if, if it starts to, it's hard to do because my image is reversed. But if it starts to go up, then mm-hmm. I think we're good. If it if it starts to go down, then that would that would be frustrating. I think I'm most interested to see what happens to AEW if for no yeah. other reason than they did nothing. Yeah, Probably everybody else had spectacular, today. crazy things going on and stuff like that. AEW said we're just going to run a normal dynamite with an announced Mike Tyson, which I can't imagine does any does does a ton of work for that needle in general. Um, but just a standard regular AEW dynamite, no special fighter fest or anything like that and it'll be interesting to see without nxt being there if they capture any additional views because you have to assume that if it's a week-to-week comparison then the then the direct if there's any growth the direct growth had to come from probably that nxt audience because i don't think you're you're capturing anybody outside of that nxt audience because they didn't do anything to draw anybody in this wednesday to watch AEW. so yeah i know i'll be interested i want to look at I want to look at the whole week 
you know, I want to see NXT, you know, Raw, three SmackDown, NXT and Dynamite in the middle and just see where everybody kind of shakes up and then watch that over several weeks to see how things normalize. Yeah. So WWE filed for the trademark then now forever together. That's their new tagline being a shows. Uh, Fight TV was acquired by Triller Net. Triller is a Triller Net is the apparent company of Triller, which is another uh, video platform, more social media style video platform. So, not sure what this means, if anything, to anybody. But Fight Fight TV is really important in the wrestling world. For I don't know if you're sampling New Japan or you're sampling Impact or you're sampling Ring of Honor. That's a good place to go sample. Or if you're doing NWA, that's pretty much the only place you can get it. Or if you want to watch the collective that Travis and I were at, that's that's where you can get that stuff. So Fight TV, very important. Hopefully this acquisition means nothing but more of the same. Or, or more of the same and better. That's right. good too. Um, so another news story broke in the last 24 hours. Eva Lise went to Twitter and she basically explained that she was released from Dynamite she said that she spoke up about mistreatment and then got released. AEW has not commented on this yet, um, but we have no reason to believe that she hasn't been um, removed from the company. But the whole story yeah. is obviously not there. It would it would be a hell of a, a decision to to run this as some kind of an angle, as Ivelisse hasn't been somebody that they've featured on their programming with any kind of real regularity. Um, and I think part of that was, you know, when she came in, there was some personality issues that they had talked about her having. Um, she went on to talk about some of the challenges after she'd made that initial post. She went on to talk about some of the challenges that she's dealt with over the year um, to kind of maybe sort of explain or absolve herself from the behavior that she's that she's had outside of the ring or whatever the case may be. But I mean, it was very obvious and it, there were several articles written about how she just decided to get hard when she was in the ring with Thunder Rosa. Now, listening to Thunder Rosa on AEW Restricted on the plane ride to your house, she talked about all kinds of Latin wrestlers and how she would enjoy featuring them in different spots and so on and so forth. And Ivelisse's name was not one of those ones that was mentioned. And Ivelisse mentioned somebody specifically that's been singling her out during this process. So I don't know if there's some kind of a heat between Thunder Rosa and different things like that, but maybe there is. And I don't know. There, it seems like she's jilted because of that. It, I, we... We'll see what the other side of it is. I'm positive that if anything comes up, AEW is just going to say she was released and that's it. I don't think they're going to make a, an official statement or anything like that. Um, it, Maybe we'll see them face each other 10 years from now on Josh Barnett's blood sport. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I like Thunder Rosa trained MMA fighters chances. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Austin is now going to do uh, talk. Well, he, he did do talk as Jericho this week. I haven't listened to the episode. I did listen to and watch uh, the Broken Skull Sessions with Chris Jericho, which was really, really interesting. So it'll be interesting to see the flip-flop and reverse on that. Yeah, we watched we watched most of it in the car waiting for the rain to let up enough so that we could get into Mania without True. getting too wet. <laughs> True. And then the, the last bit of it we watched before Raw on Monday. Yeah, and I thought, overall, I thought it was a, it was a fine show. Um, it's interesting with Chris because I've listened to Chris a bunch of times. So sure. I would say maybe a third of it or so I was already familiar with the material there and stuff. Um, it's just interesting to see 
how his mind works with regard to how far he's thinking and where he's getting his source material from and how he's utilizing that to create a package. And like, you know, his stuff is, is next level thinking, obviously, you know, people minds like that don't come around and like, you know, I've said it, I've said it before in the past, I think based on his career and stuff, he's probably the best wrestler that's ever competed. Um, there's plenty of people that could certainly challenge me and give me a run for that based on all number of things, but the man's repackaged himself multiple times with multiple different shows and won multiple different belts and remained relevant for 30 years by recreating himself in different ways. And it's hard to find a wrestler that's been as diverse and as adaptive to everything as Chris Jericho has, you know, everybody else that's had long runs or whatever, they've kind of sort of been the same character or maybe they've been a heel or face version of that character, but they've remained the same. That hasn't been Chris. So it's interesting to Steve as an interviewer, he did a great job of bringing up subjects that even if they were subjects we've heard Chris talk about before, there was like new angles and new spins on them. So yeah, a lot of the stuff I'd heard before, but there was an awful lot of stuff of, or details added that I had not heard before. So good stuff between the both of them. Absolutely. And he's got his book coming out. I think it's June 23rd or something like that. And He's yeah. like only selling it direct or something it's like not something that you can find on Amazon right away. So he's, it sounds like he's trying to take all the cash, which is good for him. Right. Well, he had helpers on this one, so he's probably not going to get. Yeah. He's paying out some royalties probably. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the list of Jericho by which, by the way, we're talking about, it's a, the new book and it's going to have all his matches ever wrestled. He kept a listing of all that. So pretty cool. It's a, an encyclopedia of Jericho, really. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we had we did have Dynamite and MLW last night. Um, we had five title matches between the two shows. No champions lost their titles. All of the champions retained. Um, lots of uh, and I guess on MLW, the only newsworthy thing is that Hammerstone is going to set a press conference for next week's Fusion. I gotta believe he's saying he's going to say he wants Fatu. So we'll see where that goes. But he does say it'll be dynastic. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, here we are again in another belt versus belt situation. Um, so we'll we'll see where it goes. I mean, it is the match that everybody wants. Um, I guess they're not going to come up with a way to transition that belt off of Hammerstone beforehand, which is, you know, I kind of thought we were going to slow roll into that. But MLW has a really, really tight ship. You know, they court kind of sticks to let's find six guys. Let's build a show around that and bring on the other guys to kind of feature them. We got to see a good amount of MLW talent at GCW over the weekend. I mean, we watched Myron Reed and Jordan Oliver a number of times. Calvin Tankman came out a number of times too. Um, so it was good to see that talent on that card. Um, and Leo Rush was all over the place. I don't know. I think we saw Leo Rush four times. And one time we got to see the Blackheart version of him, which is a really interesting presentation if you haven't seen it. Um, he's a very, very talented guy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I got to assume that that's it, right? Like, where else? Well, yes. And Court, Court Bauer is also, also supposed to be on the show to announce television deals and things like that. So it okay, could good. be that they're waiting that for that match for a a debut on television or they're waiting for that match for crowd. Um, I think things, you know, things may get, may get turned around here over the summer and they'll be able to do a, an event with fans and maybe yeah, there was a, there was, they did do a preview video. Now that I'm thinking about it recently that said we're coming back and it had mm -hmm. shots of the crowd and stuff like that with these kind of different vignettes and stuff. So I would assume, yeah, you're exactly spot on with that. That's where we're headed. I'd love to see them with some kind of a TV deal as well. Like, 
would be good for sure. Yeah, they. I mean, in fairness, they are on B B N Sports B E I M, um, but it's not in a not in nearly the amount of homes that we need need to yeah. be in. So, right. So dynamite last night. Uh, like we said, uh, all the champions retained. Main event was Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen. Matt Hardy got the win there. It was or, sorry, Darby Allen got the win. It's the second time I've made that mistake in recent. Darby Allen got the win, retained his championship. It was a coffin drop off the scaffolding through the announce table to get the win. Um, but it wasn't without Matt Hardy trying. He did twist of fate on a chair with Darby's head wrapped in the chair. Uh, they did they did a ladder spot through Tony Khan's table in the back. Darby Allen just kept coming back for more. Yeah, really good match put together. We had some Dark Order and some Hardy family stuff going on there too as well to kind of – a lot going on, right? It was a very yeah. active match that kind of kept you on the screen the entire time with two very good wrestlers and stuff like that. You know, they different media outlets talk about Darby Allen being the one guy that that AEW's really created and the one star that they've that they've made. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, with that take. It, I still, for whatever reason, and maybe it's his size or maybe it's what he does or whatever. He's still not that presence, that superstar to me. I think some of it had to do with probably how little they had him defend the TNT title up until now. So now he's building a little bit more of a resume for me. Fine wrestler, has good matches and stuff like that. This was the first time in recent memory where I feel like he was in any kind of jeopardy of losing that title. Um, So it's nice to see. So hopefully we see a little bit more of that and stuff. Um, I mean, super creative guy good stuff there all around and builds a builds a good character, but we don't get to hear him talk all that much. Um, you know, so my buy-in for him is pretty minimal. I would say. It's interesting that you say it was the first time he's really been in jeopardy. He did have a defense against, uh, Brian cage, but it was his first defense. So I think most people were really didn't think he'd be losing it. So, right. Right. Um, now if you said that he was fighting Brian cage next week, I would say, yeah. okay, we, he's, in, he's in jeopardy now. He's had the belt for a little bit, you know. Especially with Cage's angles kind of veering off a little bit too. And that was another major story out of Dynamite last night is Team Taz, they've extended their offer. Christian Cage says he's not going to join Team Taz. Meanwhile, Taz also said, Brian, Ricky, why don't you guys stay in the back because you're hotheads. So it looks like Team Taz could maybe Which split is- there a bit. Which was an interesting take. Brian, Ricky, you stay in the back for hotheads. I'm going to send out Will to attack Christian when Christian says no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the conversation back and forth between Taz and Christian was good, though. Like, those guys have a lot of familiarity with each other. So calling him out on his bingo hall money and different things like that, I mean, it, it, good for them. And, you know, Taz getting him back on his short comment by saying, well, if you you know, if you, if I was standing on my bank account and then I'd be a foot and a half taller than you are. So it was, it was, it was two guys that know how to chat and, and uh, you know, it's good stuff. Like they Taz also took a shot at Christian for being the lesser of the edge and Christian tandem. So yeah, it, it, the guys that they bring in from WWE that they, they, they're talkers too, you know, they're, they're good mm-hmm. promo guys and they can, they can really, and, and I think that helps the younger guys. Like, you know, sometimes when I see the guys come up from NXT, I don't think they get enough promo time and they kind of get in there and they stumble around and they fumble, like, you know, to circle back real quick. Uh, Taya did not to me feel very comfortable in that promo this week at all. She didn't, it, it either she didn't believe the promo or she didn't practice the promo, or she wasn't used to giving that kind of promo, because that is not the tie of Valkyrie that I remember from Impact. 
now there's a ton of pressure. She's new on the show and different things like that. So I'll be interested to see where Frankie Monet goes from there. But that did not that wasn't that wasn't one of the brighter spots for NXT last this week for me. Which by the way, Taya Valkyrie did go on to Twitter, which her handle is still Taya Valkyrie. Um and she said, Everybody chill out. I chose the name Frankie Monet, and she explained explained why she chose each name and stuff like that. So um, so I guess we'll all chill out. <laughs> I still like Ty Valkyrie better, but yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I don't have a problem with Frankie Monet. Frankie Monet, yeah. whatever. Well, it'll grow on me eventually, but uh, for sure. But yeah, no. So, so I agree that Ty was a little bit off there, and we'll see as she grows into the character how that how that continues on. But yeah, the other major story out of Dynamite was uh, Miro says he can't find Kip Sabian, and and he says that's okay. I'm I'm going back out. I'm hunting for gold. If you've got a championship, you better watch out. So he it sounds like Miro might go after the tag titles by himself, or he might go for the TNT championship, or uh, Kenny Omega. Watch out, Rusev's coming. Now, is this going to be some kind of conspiracy where Rusev's got him like locked in the back or something like that, or does that mean that Kip Sabian decided to leave? Like, are we going to see Kip pop up on Impact? Right. Because I think that would be interesting. You know, there's a lot of guys over there that he could have some really good matches for and say, well, you know what? I'm giving myself a little bit of time away from Miro and stuff. So I wonder how much of those words is just just words and and shooting a promo are actually part of the story. I guess we'll we'll certainly see where that goes and stuff. Um, You know, I've liked Kip's body work and stuff. And Penelope's obviously great with him and things. Um, She's obviously a good wrestler, too. So it would be interesting to have the two of them go over to impact for a little while because they have some intergender stuff that they've done over there. And, you know, that really hasn't been too, too big of a feature and regular on AEW. So maybe the two of them wandering over there and, you know, being involved with Caleb and a K and the rest of those folks over there might be something that we see. So I don't know. I'm, I'm loosely hopeful that, that that happens. And yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for Miro to do Miro things. Miro stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Kip can go over to impact, spend some time over there and then, We'll see Miro and Kip in a battle royal, like you know, five months from now, and they'll have that moment where they like lock eyes, and we'll all pop for it. It'll be great. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Next week on Dynamite, Tay Conti gets her championship match with Hikaru Shida. Shida's had that belt for a long time. She has, and and uh, you know, Tay Conti is building a hell of a record for herself. She's, she's well loved. I think she's still a little bit green in general, but my gosh, her progress in ring, you can tell she's been working. Um, and she's a hard hitter and she's strong and the DDT. Um, I, this, there's something weird about this match. Um, they've had her go through a bunch of the people that, you know, have given she to fits before in the past with wins and victories and things. And, um, I don't know. It, it could be possible that that given how long they've had this belt on Sheeta, she could be a transitional champion to get it on to to Britt okay. without without okay. Sheeta having to take the pin from Britt. And you know, Ty has a really good moment, and it it you would uh, she would shoot to superstardom after that victory, right? Like a lot of people have taken runs at Sheeta with no success, so it would it would be big for them, and it would allow that that thing to happen with with Britt as well. So we'll see. Yeah, we will. And it, it, and it comes down to, I think Britt Baker is getting the title shot at double or nothing. That's pretty clear as they're, she's trying to slow roll. I'm going to build my record and I'm now ahead of red velvet based on win loss. So. And I, and I'm good with that. Like, yep. let, let me see Britt Baker in the ring more often, please. Yep. 
Powerhouse Hobbs versus Christian Cage next week, coming off the angle we just talked about. That'll be fun. That'll be fine. We'll see. That'll that'll be a different, totally different match than Frankie Kazarian and Christian Cage. So what a what a choice for opponent number two for Christian going for yeah. Frankie Kazarian, who you know they've danced the dance a lot of times to Powerhouse Will Hobbs, fairly young. Like this is what they talk about elevating the young stars and stuff. A power wrestler. Um, so Christian must have some faith that he's going to be okay in the ring getting tossed around with this guy. He looked okay taking a beating this week. You know, I was wondering how fragile he would look and stuff like that. He, I, he's fine. He's ready to go. Like, get him Ricky in there. Ricky versus Hangman Page. God, Hangman Page is interesting. Hangman's the number one contender. So that is, a, that is a match. Here. That is a match made in heaven. Ricky Starks and Hangman Page. I'm not sure how it came about, but I love the fact that it's booked. Um, yeah. I think Hangman wins here. I, I think they're going to keep Hangman on top for a long, long time. I don't think we're going Hangman versus Omega at Double or Nothing yet. That seems too early. Nope. I don't but, I don't think we're seeing that either. Maybe this is just working Hangman into the – although with them coming out, with the Dark Order coming out with the with the Derby match, I thought that Compound was where they're going to head. But, you know, maybe this is a Dark Order Taz, Team Taz yeah. thing as well, right? Like that – that certainly could happen, but man, yeah, Ricky Starks. Let's let's get him in the ring a little bit more. Let's get him on the mic a little bit more. And Hangman, yeah, I don't see Hangman losing this one, but it'll be a good match. Yeah, the Dark Order can wage battle on many fronts. Oh yeah, they've got plenty of plenty of people for sure. Yeah. And then finally, Trent versus Penta El Zero Miedo. So there you Again, go. Probably a good match. Um, yep. You know, this is the first time we're seeing Trent actually back in the ring since his injury. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do there. And, you know, we'll probably have the rest of the gang. I was surprised we have, we didn't hear Cody at all this week, you know, with the factory coming out and doing all their stuff and, you know, having a nice run on dark and elevation this week with a couple of victories and stuff and kind of stamping themselves. No commentary from Cody. This like harkens back to like the Brody when, the, when the Brody, when Brody Lee beat him up, you know, he didn't come out immediately and, do anything there so it's interesting that they're that they're saving him and keeping him off the air i I know there's plenty of people that are okay with that i'm wondering how he's going to address this um and what he's going to say and how they're going to how they're going to move forward on this thing um with the factory factory wasn't out really in this episode of dynamite either they just got so much going on it's hard to fit it in two hours with you know they did two hours of wrestling last night two hours of show and there was a lot of wrestling on that show a lot yeah so and the factory has been all over the dark and dark elevation. Mm-hmm. So they're building a resume for themselves there, I guess, and then then promote. Yep. But okay, so Impact and NXT UK coming up today. We have a press conference on Impact. We have a press conference for the Rich Swan and Kenny Omega match, Jazz's retirement ceremony, Josh Alexander versus TJP, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers pick your poison for their match at uh, at Rebellion. The fallout for Hardcore Justice, of course, and and Rebellion's right around the corner. Uh, it is a week from this Saturday, so or this Sunday, so it is coming up. And then on NXT UK this afternoon, Kenny Williams versus Amir Jordan. That's tag team partners that have split. Nathan Frazier, formerly known as Ben Carter, versus Saxon Huxley. And Noam Dar has the Supernova Sessions with Gallus. So plenty of wrestling today if you thought it was your off day. You are cor- are wrong. <laughs> All right, Travis, it is time. Strap in. 
It's time for trivia. We're going to bring it to you today from the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Each week I compile the week's top wrestling stories and put them all in a quick-to-read email that's divided up by company. Over 4,000 people are getting this free newsletter every week. In addition to the top stories, the newsletter keeps you up to date on everything that's going on. So do subscribe now at bodyslambrigade.com. comes out each Friday at 11 a.m. And we are very close to issue number 50. So stay tuned. That'll be next week. All right, Travis, Backlash 2002. I assume you know nothing about this event. We'll see. <laughs> this is the Backlash following WrestleMania 18, okay. which was Hogan versus Rock, Austin versus Hall. Kind of orient yourself there a bit. Okay. So Brock Lesnar, accompanied by Paul Heyman, got a win over this person who was accompanied by Lita. Your choices are Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Edge, or Chris Jericho. Brock Lesnar? Yeah. I'm going to say Jeff Hardy. It is Jeff Hardy. WWE Hall of Famer Edge lost to this WWE Hall of Famer on this show. Hulk Hogan, Kurt Angle, Great Khali, or Jeff Jarrett? I'm going to go Great Khali. It's Kurt Angle. Perfect. One for two. One for two. That Jeff Hardy one, I... I thought that one would trip you up because uh, Lita, you more closely associate with Matt or Edge. So, okay, so they had a small tournament to crown the number one contender for the WWE Championship, WWF at the time. The Undertaker faced Steve Austin in the finals on this show. Who won the match? Undertaker. It was Undertaker. Two for three. I think, I think that's the match that Austin gets concussed and knocked out like two seconds in and he doesn't remember the entire match oh maybe yeah he i think he talked about that in the broken skull sessions where like you know he felt bad that he didn't give him more during that match but he just he he caught a boot in the head coming through the ropes and like did not remember the rest of the match so i think that's the the show where that happened on well who was the special guest referee special guest referee for the austin first undertaker match was it Rick Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, or J.J. Dillon? Rick Flair, Arn Anderson. I'm going to say Rick Flair. Yep, Rick Flair. Rick Flair. So three for four so far, going into the last question. This man defeated Triple H to become the WWF champion in the final match of the evening. Was it Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Kane, RVD, or Chris Jericho? Chris Jericho. It was Hollywood Hulk Hogan. God damn it. Yep. Well, three for five. Three for five is a good, good showing for uh, for uh, me. Era for you. For me. For sure. In trivia. You win. So there you go. <laughs> All right. It is time to talk about the Bell Time Club t-shirt. Look at that shirt. $22. Travis's came to my house the day he left. Perfect. So I have it for him. The shirt's getting pretty good reviews by people who've seen it. John Smith Ward on the show yesterday. Uh, 22 bucks. Any size is $22. Uh, it's free shipping. Soft style shirt. Definitely pick yours up. And then join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the primetime rundown. We take you through the world of sports. Our show kicks off at 6 p.m. 
on the Eastern Observer. And episode number 50 of the Essential Wrestling Podcast is this Tuesday. Al Carl, John Smith, myself, John DeConi, Gary Mahaffey will be on for another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. So do tune in for that. It's their 50th episode. It's the same week as the 50th issue of the Body Slam Brigade. So we didn't realize until now that we started right about the same time. And then our show, the Daily Wrestling News Show, it, it is here every day, Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. So join in on the Daily Wrestling News Show each and every week. And Travis, that's our show. Pretty good. Yeah. It's a strange day for me. I think I'll be back to our regular scheduled Tuesdays uh, moving forward. But with the, all the craziness happening, we, we shuffled the deck a little bit. And this is how we ended up. So yep. it's good yeah, to be we here. Are, I know different start early. time, different, yep. you know, everything. But here we are. We did the show. Killed the show. Had our WrestleMania yep. talk. We're all good to go. We can move forward now and talk about some New Japan stuff next week. So Sounds good. We should know the finals for uh, the new New Japan Openweight Championship. Yeah, um, Strong will be really good on Friday. We didn't really mention that, but the final four is all strong wrestlers, Hikaleu versus Tom Lawler and Brody King versus Leo Rush. So, um, you know, if you've got some time on Friday to check that out, it, it airs just right after SmackDown. Smackdown. So, you know, if you yeah. get, you know, if you catch a nap between that last hour or whatever and you got some energy, <laughs> just throw in another hour of Strong and call it a day. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be talking about that on Tuesday, I'm sure. So until then, we'll see you guys next time. And goodbye.